Jameson Burko, thanks for being here. Well, you made me. So. <laughs> well, there you go. That's uh, I, I can make you show I'd up. Come um, any, I'd come no, anyway. I'm just kidding. It's your uh, gravity, Jay. It's the gravitas. It's good. So uh, yesterday we posted week three, uh, issue three of Weekly Chronicle. Um, I'm not just saying this because I, I was in charge of posting it and that you wrote it and, and you work for us, but you're the editor-in-chief of Weekly Chronicle. And the piece yeah. uh, we posted was, the path to peace with China is paved with pot. It was, I think, a riveting read, and not just because nice. um, I had to read it, but because I, I, it really was <laughs> riveting. T talk to me about sort of the, the seeds of this, um, yeah. of this story and sort of what, what you learned from it. I, I learned a ton, first and foremost, like I, I've always been fascinated in, you know, uh, Chinese history and South Asian histories. And of course, you know, just the history of civilization, human civilization in general is really neat, right? And obviously a lot of people already know about the origins of the first, you know, sides of medicinal use of cannabis was in China, but obviously modern China is super duper anti-drug. Uh, but remember, modern China is an extremely, you know, tiny sliver incarnation of the history of what is China. So, you know, if you really unravel it, you realize that China has a really fascinating relationship with cannabis. And this is a story I wanted to tell for a long time, actually, Jay, and this is going to nerd me out uh, big time. Oh, and I should point out as well, like our, our viewers... Uh, you know, need to rest assured. Jay has no idea what I write until I send him something. And then he goes, oh, he wrote about this. It's and, a beautiful relationship, know, really. It actually is kind of the perfect journalism relationship as far as I've understood it, which is I write about whatever I want. Hopefully Jay doesn't hate it. So far he hasn't. We'll see how long this Knockwood process goes, but it's working out pretty well so far. And y'all are getting it for free for, you know, Another couple two weeks. more weeks. So yeah. until then... Uh, enjoy your free lunch, but then, you know, daddy's got to eat too. <laughs> anyway, the story, <laughs> to go back to the actual story, Jay, because um, it, it really is like a big nerd fest of me looking back at this old Milton Friedman theory called the, uh, originally called the McDonald's theory of conflict prevention, right? You, most people have kind of heard the basics of it, right? Is that no two countries that have their own network of McDonald's restaurants have ever gone to war with each other, right? Like, and you know, it's, it's from the old, parable of if troops or sorry if trade doesn't cross borders troops will right so trade is better and that generally has held true it's been updated to like the the dell theory because of course lots of countries with mcdonald's have since gone to war but those that are involved in you know the complex global supply chain have not so i have actually i think painted a pretty intricate argument right for how bringing china in to what is the forming global cannabis supply chain, uh, which isn't to say, you know, like all cannabis in the world is going to be grown in China, actually. I think if people read the piece, they'll realize like Canada actually has a really strong, uh, quite prominent, possibly even global leadership role, if we don't screw it up uh, anymore that we already have, uh, to play in the future of that supply chain. And essentially that it, you know, it's not going to solve our many, many, many problems with the, you know, Sino-North American relationship and, you know, the piece lays out some of the biggest ones. I'm not gonna, I certainly don't want to come across as any sort of, like, apologist for all the, all the truly atrocious uh, things that are, you know, being per perpetrated by the regime in Beijing. But at the same time, if we want to talk about how to stop it short of troops, which doesn't seem like a viable option anytime soon, we need to start thinking about how to change minds. And I think that the process of how our country 
and other countries and you know states in the US have come around on cannabis legalization really involves that, you know, I guess liberalizing for lack of a better term, but really more just becoming more accepting and less fascist. I know this is a communist country, right? But it's pretty fascist to say like, smoke this, but not this, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially oh, in a country that has such a rich history of, of herbal remedy and still has such that is still a huge part of Chinese culture. Yeah. So it, it, it was, what the fuck? It's, it's also interesting. Um, uh, part of it is exactly to sort of the global economic ties that, that bind us and generally over time don't let send send themselves to war uh trade war maybe but not war war um right i mean we still like iphones right we're literally talking on equipment right now that we would not have if we were that's true the (laughs) the other part the other part that that struck me was um i think it was frank in the story from mary ag um mentioned the sort Mm -hmm. of uh power of the new or the new new thing in sort of chinese Mm -hmm. culture right oh in the consumer market yeah. yeah And, and it really was a compelling quote, and it's the pull quote in the story, which was the, the, how rapidly things move, uh, mm-hmm. like at the blink of eye, there's nothing like it in the world. And what people don't seem to realize is there's no legal barriers right now to entering the cannabis market in China. The only limitation is obviously like intoxicating products, but, and while of course, like those are extremely popular and, you know, super fun and, you know, one, one could certainly make the case that the Chinese are being denied something that is a, a rich part of their own heritage, but all the same, that's still, uh, there's actually a great quote from, uh, didn't actually make it into the piece from Gordon Holden, uh, the academic I spoke to who did like five postings to China as a Canadian diplomat in his previous career, uh, who told me, you know, like if you can sell 98 products out of 100, maybe it really doesn't matter that you can't sell those other two products. And I think he's kind of onto something from a economics commercial standpoint especially when you look at the fact that you know chinese agriculture struggles frankly to keep up with the agriculture industry we have here i mean a lot of them is you know through no fault of their own they just don't have the right mix of climate and arable land that we do uh but it's one of the many ways that we can say hey we can help you out if you help us out and maybe stop murdering millions of your own people might might be a good move I think so. I mean, and, and I and it does. It is an interesting framing of the the conversation, um, uh, both the product and the demand, and sort of how Canada leads on it in many ways. Like, I think it was it was a great piece. I was compelled to read it, and and maybe next time that we have you on, I can tell you about <laughs> like the, pass, the Passover really Seder like that I shared with Milton Friedman. That's a real story. No way. Yeah. That's a real story? It's a real story. Oh my God. I know. I feel like that's exactly the kind of story you need to have about Milton Friedman as a Passover Seder story. Like, it's not like a, you know, I played football with him in college kind of a guy. Like, nobody has those stories. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I think he was studying. Um, as, as nerdy as you framed your, con- your, your, your remark today, uh, sort of nerdy and, and studious is, would describe him real well. Uh, not necessarily at the Seder, but in the real life. Very cool. Okay, I like I like to be left hanging on 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 these cliffhangers. I feel like after all the Netflix binging of our generation, we need we need these we need these who shot Mr. Burns. So we you do. tell me you tell me next week. I will, <laughs> uh, Jameson. Uh, thank you for the piece. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Uh, for those that want to read it, it's on businessofcannabis.ca. You can also find us on uh, all your social handles, and we will jam this story down your throat for the next couple of days <laughs> until next week. Um, thanks, Jameson. We'll catch up with you next week. Next week is sex. There's a clipping for you.
Thanks, man. Bye-bye.